everyone. It's me, Matt Tinney. Thank you guys for joining in or downloading or listening to another podcast. Just wanted to give you guys an update. I'm still going to be uploading some of the lectures or didactics from the CIT Knowledge Network. These are older ones. Some of these are from last year. If you guys want to attend these um, meetings, these telemeetings, by all means, please send Jen an email. Her email is J-E-A-R-H-E-R-T at CABQ.gov. Again, it's a free um, network to join. You guys can get access to the videos if you want want to see the videos of these um, presentations and get the PowerPoints. But then also it's there for st- for staffing cases, which is really unique. But I hope you guys are enjoying this. If you guys are wanting to hear more about a certain subject, feel free to send me an email. Let me know about what you guys want to hear or what you're lacking um, in the training that you currently get. And you guys can send that to ask at gocit.org. Um, say, hey, Matt, we want to hear more on this, or we're tired of hearing about this. And I will continue to put these up here. I know some of the didactics from the network are kind of short. And so for a while there, we were pushing for hour long podcast. And I think it has made us a little bit behind schedule because sometimes we're not getting out podcasts because if it's not an hour, I I feel like we shouldn't be uploading it. But instead, I'm just going to start posting some of these, even if we don't have other communication topics or if Jen can't join on this one, but hopefully we can get Jen in on more podcasts and get some, maybe some interviews with some people that are in the CIT field or doing some unique stuff in their community, which would be nice to have. And so thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys enjoy this one. All right. I'm going to go into the didactic then and and I'll keep it kind of brief because I know that we wanted to do I guess this kind of spread out and, and doing gas since I was off, but there wasn't much done about kind of officer interactions or uh, CIT interactions, negotiations. So we teach sometimes this model called pure and we teach it for just a, a, an idea base on how to establish communications and basic negotiations when you're talking to people. And so it's an acronym and it stands for pause, unite, uh, refocus or reframe and educate. And so the main idea behind it is kind of just a mindset. So, I mean, the, the first one is pause, or I always try to remember as prepare. And when we're teaching it to, to outside law enforcement, we always say safety first, but we know that in law enforcement that safety is critical. And so one thing to know, though, is pause and check yourself on it, honestly. We have our own biases, and you should know, like this last case presented, If you're responding there, start planning, okay, I'm going to get rambling. I should expect this. I should expect that. I'm going to get cut off. Don't let it get to me that someone's talking over me. You start planning these things in your head based off the call that you get. Sometimes we we don't know that. So, I mean, sometimes we get a call and you're going to respond and be basing your, your actions off of safety purely. But if you know something on that call is flagging something mental health related, Start planning in your head different approaches, communication techniques, things like that. It'll help you in, the, in the, the long run of that call. And if you can, get as much collateral information as possible on these individuals. If you have the ability in your agency to, to flag addresses like we do in our, in our computer systems, I'd recommend flagging some of the, the more violent or provoking people that that might cause more officer use uh, of force or officer complaints so that officers and route there know about it. And even if, if, if you know of someone, see if it, if it meets that criteria to flag. And we try to update our stuff in our case management system to let officers know. And hopefully when you guys are in route, 
RTCC and other places are kind of letting you know, hey, this person's in the CIT database, this, this, and this about them on it. And sometimes through this, you have to kind of, you know, be aware throughout the whole time of your own emotions, which is difficult. Know your threshold of when your frustration breaks, where you're going to snap and start yelling at somebody. Because it's always those, that just that one fine little thing that takes you over the edge that is going to cause a complaint. It's just not worth it when it comes to just arguing and bickering with someone. It's just not worth it, that to be the complaint that stresses you out in your career. And have a fail-safe plan. So know if you know this person that, you know, I'm only let someone talk and vent for X amount of time. And after that, I have to take other calls for service. And so know at that time, okay, it's about that time and be okay with it. Hey, you know, I, unfortunately I know that, that you really want help and you want to talk to me about this stuff, but I'm going to have to end this call because I have to go and respond and, and take a burglary call now, or I have to do that. Because sometimes with different people, we, we connect better with. Like I have difficulty with with elderly folks. If they just call and it's just like they want to talk and talk and talk, I feel bad cutting them off and leaving. So I have to have a fail-safe plan for myself where I feel okay with saying, all right, it's been enough and I have to leave. That way I can save some, some face internally on it. And so that's the first part of it. And the other part is, is uniting with someone. And this goes to the active listening skills. And so we, we spoke on those ones before and I'm a – huge fan of them. They've been studied and they work well. It's one of the only tools in law enforcement that I've, I've seen very successful. I'm not a huge fan of tasers because I've never really seen, I've only seen one work in real life. YouTube has great videos, but I have never really seen a successful tasing except for once. So, you know, the active listening skills, that's the reflecting and mirroring, the open-ended questions, minimal encouragers, emotion labeling, paraphrasing, the I statements or I messages and effective pauses. And so when you're uniting with someone, this is kind of the rapport building. This is just trying to get someone on the same side as you. Because if you can get someone to kind of connect with you and have these general conversations, it's easier to influence their decisions. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do on these. We're influencing these people's decisions to come out of their house or comply into handcuffs or successfully get into treatment on stuff like that. And so sometimes it can be hard because someone might be venting and, and delusional or kind of going off topic. So if you can try to find the true motivations for that call or that emotion the person's having, it can go a long way. And don't be afraid about it. You know, if, if like this last one, if someone's true emotions, they're pissed off and, and frustrated because of the child custody thing, Sometimes our tendency is to try to shy away from that because we know someone's pissed off about it. But sometimes acknowledging it will help you gain that rapport and build that trust with somebody because you're acknowledging that, that what they're feeling is legit and that you see it. So people don't like being told, oh, that sucks or, you know, that would be horrible. Show them that you know that that's horrible. Like, oh, I see that this child, I would also feel that way or it's clearly this is it. Because the emotions are there. Ignoring them and going on another topic isn't going to get rid of the emotions. They don't disappear on you. So address them. Oh, wow, you seem really pissed off because of your child. Or, oh, you seem devastated. And, and figure that out. Sometimes if you get stuck, especially with someone that's extremely delusional or psychotic, and you're just stuck, you just don't know what to do on the call. Sometimes just state the obvious, state what the problem is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here because you called 911 about 
people breaking into your house, but there's no one here. I don't, you know, that's why I'm here. There's no one here. And sometimes saying it out loud will help get you back on track to either be like, you know, at this time, you know, are you wanting to kill yourself or anyone else and looking for that danger cues? And if that's not it, then it's just cutting ties on that call and going. And sometimes just having that person hear the statement of the problem out loud can kind of help them redirect their, their thought or help them get back on track. And so find the shared goals around your guys is on that. So if the problem is child custody, find the shared goals. Okay, well, I can help you with that because I know some resources on it and you want this. So we both have this common goal that I want to get you help with, with your child custody. Or we both have this problem and common goal that, that I want you to quit calling 911. And you want to have to stop calling 911 too because you want your life to be back on track. Find that and focus on that together on stuff. And set boundaries around yourself. I mean, know, know your limitations and set boundaries. So especially someone that always wants constant phone calls in, like this last person talking about, like constantly wants to talk to an officer, set realistic boundaries. That's just not realistic for any officer really to, to call every day somebody. So set those boundaries once a week, once a month or something, but set them and try to keep them a little bit. So the, the reframing part of it is, is more about triangulating someone's emotions that they're directing towards you and deflecting it. So people get pissed at us in law enforcement because we represent the government and we represent authority and, and all this stuff. And I mean, clearly it's a time in our, our society where, Law enforcement is, is the target of a lot of hate right now and a lot of mistrust and, and everything on that, especially with the shootings that just happened. So if someone is constantly focusing on you and you already uncovered some of the true emotions, like it's more about the neighbor, you know, say, I, I understand you're mad. It's not me, but it's the neighbor. And, you know, I can't control the neighbor either. I'm on the same side as you. And so the idea is kind of, instead of just taking it on and, and arguing with the person, you're deflecting it back to whatever that true emotion is. Or, you know, the police department took you guys 30 minutes to come. Oh, yeah, that has to suck. It's always, you know, we're short-staffed, and I wish I could do more on it. I will literally use a pen and put, just put it down if I'm talking to someone, and I'll talk to the pen like, God, you know, you keep calling 911. You're going to end up going to jail for it. And it's no longer me arguing with them, and that person will start pointing at the pen too. And so it's kind of joining sides with someone on that. And when you can, I would uh, try to deflect people's attention to third parties as much as you can and not internalize or take that on yourself. So if someone is upset about the court system, reflect it to the court system. Yeah, the system sucks. I'm with you. you know, I've been through that. The hospital system sucks. I know, you know, you know, we try to go through that. There's nothing we can do, but here's a way you could do it. Just, just go to those third parties on it. And it's fine to agree with someone that the system sucks. And it's fine to agree that, you know, that the police department isn't the best or that, you know, calls for service are stacked up and we're, we don't have another, enough officers. It's fine. We can admit that, that systems aren't perfect. And that's fine. You're not accepting guilt on this or accepting fault. And so look for those third parties that you can kind of deflect to, which ultimately join sides with that person. And watch for hooks and triggers and what we were talking about before with this case. So hooks are things that someone is emotionally attached to or they like to talk to that helps you gain rapport with this person quickly. And triggers are things that, that will just explode the person right away. So a lot of time parents, um, 
relationships, money. Those are things that, that typically really oftentimes are triggers for people, but you got to find out. And it's okay if you piss someone off, you know, just keep it back in a notebook or back in your Rolodex in your mind, not to bring that up again. And, and hooks are a good one to write down and share with everyone. So if you have that one person that everyone runs into every now and then that constantly just baits police or always ends up with the use of force because of, of their mental health, if you know of some hooks, share that information. Hey, if you're out with, you know, John Smith again and he's doing this, bring up his dog. Oh, right away, just like, hey, John, how's your dog? Some, even if he's screaming and, and whatever that is, and, and bring it up to him right away so that it helps de-escalate him. And, and that will really help reduce those uses of force that are minor and increase some of that um, buy-in from officers and they'll feel like they're doing their jobs better and have these other skills, and it's pretty simple on it. And then the other part of the pure stuff, and I'm going through these really quick, so I apologize that I'm just flying through these, but I wanted to do a brief of these, and then we can get into more detail with these later on. But is the last part is the education part. So instead of us always, our tendency a lot in law enforcement, especially in public safety, is we know the answers, and we're going to give the answers to you. And we run the scene, and we're going to do this. And so that is our tendency and our mindset a lot. But sometimes when it comes to successful negotiations and rapport building, people don't want to be told what to do. They'd rather come up with those options themselves, which is fine. Sometimes if you know what the, the correct option is, educate the person. So if it's about, I don't know where the closest hospital is, or I don't know where to go to treatment. Oh, in this area, there's blah, 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 blah. And then say, so where do you think you can get treatment? Let that person, oh, well, I think I can get it from that place you just said or from the, you know, the second place you said. People are more likely to successfully buy into something if they feel like they came up with the decision themselves. So a lot of times you have to realize, well, one thing is you just have to realize that we control the outcome of every situation. And law enforcement and public safety in general, whatever the decision is, we've made that up in our mind. So this person's going to jail or anything like that, we, we hold the card. It's not negotiating that, that you're gonna change your mind. You have that, but offer the different options to go there, educate them on their choices. Because normally it's like, why don't you get help? Well, there's nothing there. Everyone wants to throw a pity party or just say nothing's available. Try to keep a, a ongoing knowledge of what resources we do have, which is difficult. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but try your best to have just some baseline that you can say, this is available, this is available, this is available, what would you like to do? And give it to them and, and be okay and have your fail safe available. Like I know if this person doesn't do this, doesn't do this, doesn't do this, I'm taking the hospital myself or you know, I'm taking them to jail and it's fine. And one thing that I think comes up a lot is that officers were afraid to, to talk about any kind of uh, arrest plan that we come up with or use of force. We don't want to tell the person like, if you don't do this, I'm going to, you know, do an arm bar and put you in cuffs. I say do it. I use it in negotiations all the time. If someone's going to jail and they're, they're I'm like, oh, crap, they're going to fight or, you know, they're refusing to come out, I'll lay it all out. Like, hey, you know, you got a few options. I'm, I'm here to try to help you on it. But unfortunately, this happens, so you got to go to jail. But, you know, one option is you can just turn around now, put your hands around your back, I'll put cuffs on and do a pat down. The other option is, you know, it, it looks like you're going to fight and I could tase you. It's going to hurt really bad and you're going to fall on the ground. 
you know, and I hope you don't get injured and then we're going to cuff you and you're still going to go to jail. You know, and another option is we can get the dogs out here and the dog's going to take you out of the house, whether you like it or not. And you're going to end up at the hospital because it's going to hurt like fuck. And then we're going to put you in cuffs and you're still going to go to jail. Normally people will take the, the lesser of the evils on that, but they still feel like they made a choice. It's not like the cops told me what to do. They, they have this internal feeling of, of a decision that they made. So they're more likely to buy in on it. And I know that was an extreme example of arrest, but you can use it for anything. You know, if it's 911 abuse, you know, you have a few options. One is if you want to, I can take you to the hospital now and you can ask for treatment. You can try to do follow-up and call a crisis line whenever you feel like you need to talk. And you can try to do follow-up at this resource. And the other one is you keep calling 911. We're going to have to book you on it. This isn't a, uh, this is an abusive 911 because of this, you know, those are your options. And, and let someone see it and kind of mingle with that. And sometimes we'll even just write it out, do a little document and send it to somebody or give it to them. You know, I mean, we have the time to do that, but in the field, you don't necessarily have that. But writing something out and saying, you know, this is it and explaining it to someone. And then if someone says, you know, well, I'm just going to keep calling 911, verify that. So what you're telling me is you're going to keep calling 911 so you just want to go to jail. Or so what you're telling me is you really want me to tase you because you're going to fight with us and then throw you in cuffs. And then, you know, you're just going to have to, what they say, put on your big boy boots and go hands on with the person. But offer those options. It goes a long way and it looks better on video and you're able to at least articulate that you verify that someone didn't want to comply or you verify that someone didn't want to try to get into treatment. And so this is just a model, one of probably 8 million different models on communications with, for law enforcement. And so, I mean, it, use whatever model that you find works best for your personality and your communication style. I think, I don't think there's one model that is a cure-all for everything. I think everybody develops their communication skills differently. But hopefully this kind of gets in your mindset of like, okay, I know going to call, I got to pause first or... I know I'm dealing with someone bad. Paul, okay, I got to think about, do we have history of this person? Okay, I know they have a brain injury. I know they're going to scream and yell nonstop. Don't let it get to me. I know that it's going to happen. Like Mitch Rockwood that we stopped. I know he's going to scream and yell. I know it. So I'm not going to go there and be like, oh, why are you screaming at me? Shut up. You know, get quiet down and, and calm down. I'm not going to do that. I know it. So I prepare myself to be like, okay, this is just normal. I don't need to react or overreact to that. And then... Once you're past that point of, of your setup, you know, go with the goal of trying to unite with the person. It's sometimes difficult to get in the me versus you, but try your best to, to try to get in the same page of that person and have a common goal on it. And if they are upset and they're, they're constantly focusing on you and, and blaming you on everything, triangulate it, refocus it to something else, you know, get it, get it off of you and somewhere else and then educate them on, on their options. And then confirm non-compliance if you need to and, and guide them where, where they need to go if they don't want to make their own decisions. Does anyone have any questions on this model? 